All right. We're Chris live. will be live. We we are live. Chris, Hawk, OB live. That's it. OB live. We're live, bro. We're live. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Pin the Gas Podcast, where we cater to your motorcycle racing needs and desires. Today, as always, I am Cool Jules, along with Chris, the whole FN show Simcoe, and with the official Pin the Gas nickname, because you know we got to do this. You know we got to do this, man. Yo, Hawk, King Cobra, Mazota, how you doing, brother man? Welcome to the show. What is good, King Cobra, on deck? King Cobra, man. Love I was going to say, I'm looking at the screen here, and you guys got cool names. You know, Chris the Show, Cool Jewels, and mine's just Hawk Mazota. So thanks for the King Cobra, man. That's awesome. Man, your first name is doping up, bro. It's like, it God, is. King I Cobra, my wife. <laughs> I was yeah. actually telling my wife, she's like, who you got on? I said, Hawk Mazzotto. She said, how you spell his name? I said, just like the bird, Hawk, W-A, yeah, H-A-W-K. She's like, that name is so cool. I was like, ain't it? it it's a really cool name. It is. And, and and the first name plus the nickname, that's two Apex Predators right there. Facts. That's true, man. That's, that's all I'm saying. Although the, uh, you know, the, the hawk eats the snake, so. Facts. Facts. I've never seen a hawk eat a king cobra. I might have to look that up on, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's out there. It's everything's out there. Everything's have, out there. Facts. I have a TikTok feed of a whole bunch of like animal violence. Hawk, are you oh. on TikTok at all? No, I'm not. No, I was gonna ask because um, I was I was, I was uh, taking a little Snoopy Snoop at your Instagram page, man, and oh. um, the 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 Mizada camp. Yeah, like that that was. It was such a, so such a catchy nickname. And I'm like, man, imagine that, imagine that on TikTok, yo. That would have been that would been cool. That would have been a dope little promotion right there. Mm-hmm. TikTok, you know, I uh, I don't know how to do all this stuff, guys. I'm I'm super uh, illiterate when it comes to technology. My wife sort of got me dialed in to at least know how to work the computer, like right now. And uh, I'm hey, I'm still on AOL. If that gives you any uh, information as far as how out of date I am. Let's <laughs> Keep go. AOL alive. You That's guys, facts. I'm pretty sure you guys remember those days where you can't use the internet if someone's on the phone. Yeah. The dial up. The dial up. They're like, oh man, now nah, nah, we can't get to you. Now those spam calls can't get to you. Those telemarketers can't get to you. Yeah. Right. But, and, 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 and they had the guy on the computer screen that was running across the screen as it oh, was yeah, loading the, up. The, yeah. The, yeah. 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 yeah that's keep it. Running. You keep running. You're like, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. I remember those days. You got to connect the little land, the little landline to your to your computer. Man, uh, have but, changed, huh? Quick. Phew. I know, right? It's, it's crazy. I've still got yeah. I still got an old uh, uh, rotary phone, you know, from when we were growing up. A big old red one, and and my son I uses it in my mom's house. He he goes to grandma's house and has his little sleepover, and it's in his room. He's it's just the coolest thing ever. He'll call me. Yep. Do the little buttons and he's just pumped. He could call, he could call someone all day and be stoked. Say, like, Daddy, I'm on, I'm on your phone, the red phone. And I said, Man, <laughs> that wasn't, you know, like really that long ago. I we had that phone, like we used it up until I don't know, I'd say I was probably 10, you know. I mean, if you think about something not that long ago, now we got freaking what we're doing now and self-driving cars, and it's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. I, I know it's it, it's actually scary too, right? So just imagine another fifty, hundred years from now after we're gone, right? It's it's oh, it's gonna be, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be insane the way technology has has taken it for the good and for the yeah. bad too, right? Because there's always plus sure. and minuses. 
So. Yeah. And, and, and one of the minuses is there's too much tech in these bikes nowadays, which is why when, when I looked at, when I looked at some of the, the YouTube videos of you, a lot of it is like some like flat tracking stuff, man. Flat tracking is something I've always wanted to get into. Cause I, I've, I've never done a track day. I've never done any dirt bikes. Okay. But flat tracking is definitely something I want to learn. Now, with with you be doing both, what what's like, what what's one thing you prefer? Do you prefer more of like the the road racing stuff? Are you just a dirt boy at heart? Um, I'm a road race guy. You know. Oh. Uh, so. Okay. Actually, you know, and you know, a lot of people who don't know my background, um, who have just met me in the recent years since I started this business, I mean, I've never even raced a pro flat track race like aft i've never even honestly pursued flat track racing mm-hmm. uh, it is just a tool that i've used that i got when i started road racing i was 16 uh, 15 and um that was the tool that was the training tool that all the road racers used back then and they still do but like a Makes little uh, honda xr 100 so i got introduced to you know flat track on the mini bikes back in the day um you know with with the best of the best you know the the real deal i consider the real deal guys back then you know the the freddie spencers the the roberts the you name it i got to sort of ride and train with those guys and it was the best training tool and it still is so that's why i that's why i teach what i do um on the flat track stuff um because it's it's the foundation whether you're road racer supermoto motocross you know, you got to learn how to, you got to learn how to use the tools to go fast on motorcycle and do it in the flat marbly stuff, do it low speed. So you're not getting hurt, yeah. uh, scaring yourself right away. You know, it's all, it's all throttle control based. It's using your front brake, your rear brake. And, um, so that's, that's why I do it. But road racing is my jam. I mean, that's what I absolutely love. And uh, right. That's and, yeah. And, uh, so speaking of, so how did you get into road racing to begin with? Um, when we moved from, well, I live up in Cottonwood, Northern California again, but I grew up in NorCal way. I consider it NorCal truly because people think that California cuts off after San Fran or Sacramento, which it doesn't. We're, no, we're, it doesn't. Yeah, here. Still um, hours from the Oregon border. So we grew up up here. I knew nothing about road racing. I'd never even seen it. Um, but growing up on a, on a ranch, we, we had dirt bikes that we would just, you know, F off and go ride around on um we didn't know anything about racing so we moved to monterey when i was in fifth grade um i think i was 12 or so and laguna seca was in our backyard so um i'll be there soon are you yeah yeah i'll, I'll be there in, uh, in july oh, for the races moto america? yep moto america right never on. been it's a absolutely beautiful track i think you know i think anyone would say it's one of the best in the world it's pretty pretty famous with the corkscrew and it's a beautiful surface great layout they actually they just repaved and so anyways i went out to a track day um just by chance and um i'll never forget it two track days i went out there um and there was a it was called back then dennis pegolo track day and back in the day there was only a couple of track day providers like dennis pegolo I think Reg Pridmore, there wasn't many. Like today, there's there's tons of them out there. So I went out there and, and just was watching and um, thought it was the coolest thing ever. And one of the instructors, Al Salveria, 
um, offered, you know, for me to get on the back with him. And uh, I signed a waiver and got suited up and went on the back. And although riding on the back was scary and I was not too into it, right, it was right. so incredible. So that that's how it started for me was just, you know, seeing it, thought it was just so neat. I had to try it. And that guy, Al Salveria, ended up mentoring me. We hit it off. He lived in San Francisco. Jeez. Pro rider. And um, he, we just got chatting and he helped me sort of get a little RS125, um, showed me the ropes. I did some track days, went right into racing, got me some sponsors. And he, he really got me into the sport um, quick. It was, it was a fast gig because I knew nothing about it. What was like, what was like one of the first sponsors that you were able to tack on? Uh, and it was through him, but gear sponsors. He got me Bell Helmets. Um, was, oh, was one of the first ones. And uh, break, you know, some brake pad sponsors, tiny things, but, you know, it all adds up. And, and um, yeah, yeah. especially as a kid, when you're starting out, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I got something for free and they gave me some stickers like, oh, hell yeah, you know, I'm the big time now. Bro, like, like any, any amount of like free stickers I can get, bro, from people, it's always yeah. a blessing. It's always a it blessing. Is, stickers, stickers are fun. I, I, I sticker kid. I stuck. He's got all my stickers I saved. Chris is being home invaded right now. My, yeah, man. Sorry, I, I got two big pit bulls, man. And anytime they hear a creak in the house, of course, they you already know. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. Cruz, he's yeah, he, he's a hundred and thirty pound pit. He's actually a Tennessee Walker Hound pit mix. Oh man! Um, so yeah, he's a he, he's a big boy. But anyway, back to Hawk. Um, no, yeah, the my my bad, Chris. I, I was gonna no, ask you like we were talking about sponsors, right? I peeped a little bit of the of the little track days um, contrast that you got with that bozo Dustin Coiner. We had him on the <laughs> yeah. show. Bozo's right. <laughs> yeah, we, awesome. we, we had him. We had him a few That's days ago. Dustin, maybe hopefully he's watching. Yeah, hopefully Dustin I is. Hope he, he, he he told me he was going to because he usually watches ours and I watch his too. So we'll see. It's still earlier in the day though. It's like it's like what like ten? Yeah, it's after ten out here. Yeah, it's after ten. Yeah, yeah, like like ten, like ten, twelve out there. But yeah. you know he's old, so he probably wakes up early. Um, <laughs> you guys were talking about sponsors, and uh, the first thing that popped out was the whole condom sponsor. That's oh, probably later later on, but. <laughs> I know, I know you've probably told this story millions of times, but I want to yeah. hear it for, for, for myself, for Chris's self, and for sure. Pin the Gap. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that was in 2007. I was racing, uh, it was then it was AMA, Supersport, on um, 600 mm-hmm. on a Yamaha. And um, yeah, man, the title sponsor was Bravo Condoms. I was, uh, I was in the, their, their, their R&D department. <laughs> Cool. That's awesome. R and D. That's the best job in the world. With that, ain't it? Did they, did, did they like <laughs> supply specific uh, people to come over and help with that? That's just sort of that just sort of came naturally, and you know That's we right. came naturally. You're That's that crazy. Crazy. Room and facts. <laughs> facts. There is the on track testing. You know we had all the we had motorcycle tests, and then we had the condom uh, testing, and. Uh, Love it. Love it was it. awesome. It was, you know, quite the deal. So for, for those, you guys probably don't know the backstory on that um, was that was my brother who started that business. It was really neat oh. because we'd both sort of gone through, I don't remember. Well, he was living out in Colorado, 
doing his college stuff. Anyways, I don't remember time wise, but I was building homes and he had dabbled with me. We'd done some remodels together and um, I'd just gone back to racing. He had just formed this business. And so it was a really neat um, merge and, and timing because he truly, as I do, but believe in it, I mean, as, as strange as it is these days, as um, liberal as our nation is of like anything goes, right? I mean, anything <laughs> these days goes, which, yep. you know, in ways is great. And in other ways, it's making things a little difficult. But how hush hush condoms are still. It's like, that, right? Come on, man. It's, like, it's encouraged. It's encouraged. It's, it is an important thing. Um, yeah. You know, some of us have been there and, and uh, you know, had you strapped up, you wouldn't have certain issues. My brother is one. And they, he said, dude, this is, this is a truly needed thing. And his whole sure. thing was making the condom cool. And man, he, he did a great job. He was really onto something. Um, he busts his ass and, and, and his whole thing was through extreme sports. You know, that's the avenue, that demographic from, I don't remember the exact, but 20 something to late thirties was that demographic of um, really the, the, the condoms are needed. Right. And uh, so we merged together. He, he was able to use my platform of professional racing um, to really market the company. And that whole, I knew all the guys, a lot of the pro athletes, you know, I knew all those guys. So it was really fun, man. His brother's getting to, you know, me help him. He helped me. And um, whew, it was a fun time. A lot of Bravo condoms, condoms parties, hot dog. It was great. Cool. <laughs> it was I was like, I was like, he, he's busting his ass. Ain't the only thing he busting, Chris. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and it was cool too. It's like there was truly an interest there. Like people were all of a sudden like, whoa, okay, yeah, this is great. This is needed. What's the big deal about having to go to a, uh, the checkout at the grocery store and be embarrassed to buy condoms. Like, no, yeah. it's, you know, it's a normal, cool thing. It's all good. It is. It is. It's not, not, not as bad as it once was. Yeah. Well, and, and it was funny back then they had the Red Bull rookies cup, the, you know, one twenty fives. I think yeah. they're one twenty fives, and they had their big semi truck there. We were, we were pitted right across from them and it was, pretty interesting they they caused a stink you know whoever ran it red bull caused a stink about oh we're pitted across some bravo condoms and you know this is kids they're i don't know the age but i want to say they're right. probably call it 10 to or 12 14 and yeah yeah yeah. Runner. yeah and we were you know like hey like come on man this is this is, you think these kids don't know and if they don't they should yeah facts yeah right? but they're, yeah. they're red bull sponsored drinking this shit yeah, facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah facts. Preach. I'm that. saying, yeah. I always so, wondered that. I was like, I wonder if the kids be drinking the Red Bulls and shit, yeah. bro. Like, like oh, 10 they're, all all they're all jacked up Mountain Dew, all weirded out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's how that's how the Bravo thing uh came about. And um it was a good run. You know, it's 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 a bummer because um it was such a good strong business that that had grown so fast. But in that industry, I didn't know much about it until obviously, you know, learning from my brothers that you get to a certain point where the big chain stores, Walmarts and that you name it, yeah. you know, would take his product on. And but, you no matter what, you have to buy shelf space. So, you know, they say, OK, you want to you want a 12 by 12 shelf space. Here's what it's going to cost you. And 
you know, he, he just couldn't, he couldn't Last. do it. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. It's, it's, it's he crazy. refused to take investors, which, you know, might have been a good move to do. But anyways, it was neat. So, so, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, you're, you're right. That's something that's, uh, you know, not seldom talked about anymore. I mean, you don't even, it used to be TV commercials on that, and you don't even see that no more, right? Um, yeah, you don't, do you? Yeah. Not really. It's on TikTok uh, now, Chris. Uh, yeah, but dude, you know, it's still, it's still, uh, you st we still need to educate. All right. And, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. I'd rather teach, you know, my boy the right way and say, Hey, blah, 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 versus him yep. come home and be like, dad, dude, I just got these two girls pregnant. Changed right? their life like, forever. And it can be for, for the positive, you know, but it, it, no matter what changes your life forever. So, yeah. you know, a, a lot of schools, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm 41 and my school, they didn't teach sex ed. No, they they started they started doing it probably a little after I I got out of school. Like like they made it more prominent. I got out of school around like 2012, 2013. Okay, so they made it like look how late that is. Like, yeah. That is very late. Yeah, twenty thirteen is not that long ago. I mean, ten yeah. years, but what's ten years? You know what I'm saying? Um, but now that, that's crazy. So if uh. Right, right after that, I mean, is is he like undertaking any other business? Is he still helping you in in whatever your uh, your endeavors are? Um, he, I want to say, um, I retired from racing in 2010, and he um, continued the business. I don't know exactly, but I want to say around the same 10, 11 or so, he kept it going. And it just got to that point where um, it was. It was go one way or the other, you know, of, of just shut it down or take a, a big loan out. So, you know, he stopped that business. And um, I know he's definitely discussed doing something with it again. But um, no, he actually uh, he moved up. He was in Santa Barbara. He moved up where, where I am now to help me. I was running uh, a couple of cattle ranches and I was working for Cal Fire as a firefighter. And it was just I was spread too thin. What's happening, man? Thank you. Yep. And, um, so I called my brother, I just needed someone that I could trust. And, you know, that, that we grew up on a, on a ranch, someone that knew the program. So he moved up and helped me for a bit and ended up staying. So he's, he lives just a mile from me now. And, um, nice. and he's, he's sort of doing the ranching thing as well as, uh, he's got a bunch of equipment that he contracts out on uh, fires up here. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. So, uh, how did this whole uh, boot camp come up? The the whole Hawk Mazzato training camp. How, how did I, all that come into play? Um, that was in two thousand and. Well, you know what i've I've been interested in having my own motorcycle school of some sort for a lot of years. Right. Um, I started teaching. Um, gosh, back in '03, I rode under Jason Pridmore. Um, star school. Ooh. And, um, so I got to know Jason in 03 and <clears throat> he's the one that really sparked the interest in teaching. Cause I taught for Jason and I raced for him and he, Pridmore is just, I mean, he's incredible rider, obviously. Yes. Yeah. And he's so methodical in the way he can break stuff down. And just what I learned from him, um, inspired me definitely over all the years to teach and, um, I love, I love helping and teaching and I love kids. Like I just, um, I've got two of my own and I, I just, I love hanging out with kids. They're just the coolest ever. They and, are. You they're know, people, they're rad and, and, and they're our future. And so 
whatever we can pass on and teach them um, is important, especially these days. Yeah. Something outdoors, something that's that's really healthy physically, mentally, and so and challenging, challenging. Right. Yes, like, absolutely. It's really stimulating the brain and pushing them. That it's and it's all and it's all on them. This sport, it's pretty much as soon as that visor goes down or you know you take off, it's on you. It's not it's not a ball sport where it's a team sport. Of course, at a certain level, it is a team sport. You've got your crew and all that. That is a huge part of the program but um i uh yeah yeah i just had the interest and my wife is the one that really pushed me to do it um it nice. i think it was 2018 or so over a couple bottles of wine um we oh. just really to that point of like hey um like shit or get off the pot style i've talked about it for years right. and um and it just finally was that point like just do it and she she uh saw me ride supermoto i hadn't guys i hadn't touched a motorcycle since 2010. i retired after laguna seca superbike race done done I was fighting fires i was an emt i was you know happy just being a normal man um and <laughs> being a father like you know the racing right. thing is is done. so yeah yeah like i i knew yeah. i had to just walk away and i was i was stoked to do it um i rode in the dirt here and there just just backwoods having fun just relaxed well i went and raced the supermoto race in like 2000 maybe 16 or 17 and um and that was it you know i got the bug i won i was still sort of fast like oh shit so she was there you, and, you you need to do that you know like you just are happy she saw a spark in my eye and like she always said you know back then she's like you're you're a better guy to be around you're you're a nicer guy when you're on a bike so facts uh, yeah, I mean, facts that's just stress relief it is, it is. You, know, you gotta have your thing and yeah so with that said it did feel good to ride again and um so we we discussed it came up with the name and i over over that night 2019 i just really built my business plan and did all my research and then formed the business in the very end of 19 and so pretty much 20 was when I really started teaching camps and doing what I'm doing. I'm glad COVID didn't affect you at all, did it? Yeah, we were just going to ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did, you know, it definitely did. Um, but up and down, you know, when it first started, mm -hmm. everyone was all freaked out and I had to be careful what I was doing. I, I was sort of yeah. quiet for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And then up where we are, it's we are very conservative. People don't really give a shit at all up here. Good. You know, so that group was pretty much how i thought like i didn't care um you know be smart do what you should do every day is just be you know, have good hygiene and wash your hands and basically right, 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 right. so yeah yeah it didn't really affect me bad overall and obviously like outdoor activities and stuff got crazy you know yeah. it was awesome people all of a sudden figured out oh i should get outdoors and do something so mini yeah. bikes we're out the roof, you know, which is what I train on is mini bikes. And um, so in a way it was good. It's just, it definitely, it mixed, it mixed things up business wise for me because I, I've been searching for manufactured support and, you know, I had good timing and a good opportunity as it relates to my business and my numbers and demographics, but the supply and demand, there was no supply. 
So that hurt, you know, I think I would have had a good chance of getting some support then. Um, and that was going to happen. So, yeah, it was fine though. Also, also it's, it's still a, the company itself for the school is still a baby. I mean, only three, two, two and a half years, three years in the making. And it's, it's still in its little embryo, man. Yeah, no, it is. And I forget that. It's good hearing that <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's just, it's up and down, you know, it's a struggle. It's hard. And then it's good and it's hard and I'm, I'm learning as I go, man. It's, it's, um, if I could just be hands-on and just teach, you know, yeah. I love that. I've got a great curriculum. I know what to do naturally, but there's the whole business end of things that I love business, but the other parts of it, of the paperwork, the computer, the freaking it's not fun. Marketing, social media. Yeah, I'm not, it's not. It's all <laughs> I gotta learn. I'm not, I'm not the best at it, but I need to figure it out. You gotta, you gotta hire like a, like a, like a, like a, like a high school kid, man. Like, like be like, hey, run, run our Instagram page, post every week. We'll send you stickers and a shirt. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. That's that is what I need to do. A lot of people have said exactly that. You know, go hire a. I've got my my um, my wife's cousin. He's rad. He's the one that's helped do my website and drone hmm. footage. And he's he's badass. Drone but... footage. Man, yeah, we're talking he's... baby steps. He's he's bringing in drone footage. <laughs> yeah, he blows my mind. I tell him what I want, and he just beep, boop, 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 does all this stuff on a computer and does it. That is awesome. Is, you know, it's a part of it is just uh, you know change with the times, and I've I've got to step it up of, of the technology right. side of things because it's it's honestly it's the biggest part of it. Getting people to my property or to my events, you know, mm -hmm. I can talk about it, but it's like yeah, I got to get them there, and I got to get the word out yeah. there, and um, I'm still figuring out how to do that what's the best way to do that you know i think i think nowadays um it you're you're, you're not you're not behind at all because um social media is is free marketing so yeah. great so it's it's uh it's something that like you know that doesn't that doesn't cost anything to yeah. to put content out there to put a video out there um track days crew making plans for next season at the camp oh my god he has a whole crew yeah, yeah. Dust, Dustin's got a whole crew, and also Dustin told me that uh, Hawk, yes. you was out there dragging elbows on his R one, man. Oh, is that Dustin? Did Dustin just chime in or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you see that on your screen, Hawk? Yeah, talk about yeah. technology, hot dog. Right, right. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's just his Facebook user on my end. So, like, yeah, no, I saw it. That's cool. What's that? Yeah, no, that's cool. This is a hoot, but yeah, man, ripping, ripping on the R one. He, he he told me he told me to get on it when uh when when I go upstate in California, but I'm like ah I don't know, I don't know if I can well, handle that shit. Come come out here riding the riding the dirt with me first, starting the dirt low speed low risk, and then I would love then, to. Uh, yeah, come up. Where where there. exactly is here again? Santa. Um, I am the best way to put it's two hours north of Sacramento. Charles North Sacramento. Oh, so still, so still ways away from Laguna. Call it two and a half to three hours north of. Um, yeah, from Laguna, I'm four hours forty five minutes. Yeah, mm, okay. So I would have to plan a specific trip for that. But. Yeah, man. Tab, yeah. Definitely. You're not. You're, you're, you're not going to Laguna yourself, right? For a friend. Oh, you are. Yeah. Oh shit! There you go. Yo, we about to see what's up. bike. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're all gonna be an hour from Thunderhill. Thunder Hill. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I know a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people that go to Thunderhill. Dude, Thunderhill's um, it's it's such a good track. They've got they got several now, several layouts. The one that uh, I rode with Dustin the other day is called the West Layout West Track, and it mm -hmm. is 
so much fun. It's a smooth surface. It's um, freaking beautiful. And you know, Thunder Hill is cool, especially as a beginner, because there's no walls, really very few walls on the whole track. So you can run off, keep the thing upright, or if you fall, I mean, there's really not walls to hit, which to me is key. I don't know why more tracks in the nation haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, facts. I blame Formula One. <laughs> well, the, the tracks in the, in the U.S. were based for car racing, not motorcycle racing back in the day. They're all pretty old, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, here's the thing. It's like I'm I'm very aware of of track safety. I always have been. I always scope things out and I'll walk a track. I just look at everything. And um, when I was just at Thunder Hill, there, there really is only a couple walls on the whole track. And I was going up on the, one of the Hills, just looking at the track and they're building all this, these new big uh, metal structures. And on the backside of the track, it's, it's a call it, it's second or third gear, but you know, you're rolling pretty quick. And there's a wall that you absolutely, because I've almost hit it, you'll make it to if you if you wad up or if you ride the thing a little bit and then fall. Right. There's a wall. Oh, nice. After that wall, there is nothing. There is nothing there but dirt. And like, why did they, they put these walls Let's there? Put a wall there. Right. <laughs> All right, take it no. down. Let's take the wall down. It's just, and now, you know, now they're building the structure 10 feet off that wall. So anyways. What the just, hell? Blows my mind that, and these are tracks all over the nation that you've got however many acres, yeah. you know, maybe just add another 30, 40, 50 feet, guys, and then and then add that wall or that drainage or that pond or that whatever. I know, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, yeah. um, but I just uh, just made me think of it. Thunder Hill's awesome, anyways. It's and, badass. Yeah, who are the, the bump clots like? Who, 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 who is? I like to speak to the people who are who are building these freaking structures and just ruining what's what's good about the track. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I there's more there, to there, it. There, I don't understand it necessarily? I know. I know yeah. for spectators, you know, they want to they want to put viewing points in certain spots and close close to the track. I get that. I mean, that makes sense. But you know, guys aren't going to want to go back to tracks, especially bikes, if if people are dying. So there goes your spectator thing, anyways. Um, yeah. You know, as a rider in the U.S., you just have to deal with it. And they've gotten a lot better. Thank goodness to yes. you know, like Road Racing World. They've they've done the air fence. I mean, unbelievable uh, the change that 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 has made for for riders, you know. Oh, yeah. That's the markets are getting better, too. Yeah. Track safety overall is yeah. is, uh, is stepping up. Uh, yeah. Fellow Marshall here. I marshaled so many races. in my. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of MotoGP. Uh, I've done Formula E. And oh. yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm aiming thanks for the work man you guys are that's a lot of work all day for a whole weekend that's it. yeah man, it, it's it's fun it's fun man the the i encourage people like you know who uh who who have never been to a moto gp race yo if you don't feel like paying for a for for, for a for a weekend ticket just marshall dude and, and and the people that you meet it's they're not all americans bro like it, these are people flying in from australia flying from flying from india from ukraine yeah just to marshal an american track like it, that's, that's crazy to me calls himself a marshal and he gets that's got to be dusted man because i all of a sudden it blocked like i, I just <laughs> that's got to be dusted that's awesome <laughs> you've got too many teeth 
to be a corner worker. Corner worker. Justin, go work, man. Yeah, I've, right. I'm holding myself a lot these days. Freaking, uh, yeah, because, I mean, uh, it, it's it's great because it's up close and personal. It's the best seats in the house. You yeah. you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars. You can't get as close to the track action as we can. You know what how I'm saying? Do you, um, so how does a guy <clears throat> go about doing that? If you want to be a marshal at Moto America or Moto GP, I mean, is it pretty involved? You have the training and whatnot. So uh, how I did it was um, I, I was referred to by a friend, but there's a Facebook group. Uh, it's called Austin Moto GP Volunteers, right? And it's this it's the central hub for pretty much any sort of marshaling events. So like, even though it says Austin Moto GP. They'll put out posts for Moto America. They'll put out posts for for Formula E, IndyCar, whatever. And then uh, it takes you to a website uh, where you pick the event and then you you sign up for that event. I was kind of annoying about it because I kept emailing the organizers. I was like, hey, just want to know where I'm at in terms of processing my application. Like I was actually applying for a job. Um, and I was very active on the Facebook group. I was posting memes. I was posting questions. Um, pretty much getting my getting my face out there, right? Get my name out there, and uh, before I knew it, I was selected. Bought a plane ticket, followed the rules. They they send you emails on what you have to do, and that's that. I mean, it's long hours, um, sure, yeah. and you don't you don't get as much freedom. Like 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 this year was the first time I I had an off day, and I spent it with my boy the whole effing show here at oh, Coda. Okay. Yeah. And uh, man, for the first time enjoying Coda, I actually got to enjoy Coda. It's great. So that's probably the downside of it. But the upside, especially if it's your first time, it's an experience like no other. Yeah. Like how, how like how often do you get Jorge Martin screaming at you? Oh man, that's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had I, I had Martin yelling yeah. at me. That is, I mean, I think it's something that that uh, any enthusiast, I would do it. I would totally do, I would it. do it. I think it's yeah. so cool to to be up in the mix and get those vantage points and. Um, I mean, you're making a huge difference, dude. You guys are are either potentially making or breaking the show and or people's lives, really. You know? It's the same big, thing with you with the EMT, Hawk. Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, man. Same yeah, thing with you and the EMT, man. Yeah. It's all important. It is. It really I, is. I wonder if you can be an EMT or I, I don't know if it's like a, if there's like a state license or whatever. I let mine lapse. Yeah. I was national. Oh. Um, as an EMT, and there's there's a lot that you got to keep up every year. Actually, it's not. Oh bad. right, right. But it would have been easier just to keep it up, um, just to have it, you know, because that test was hard. And but, anyways, I let mine lapse. So, um, yeah, that's probably that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, tra training training is not training is not difficult. I actually I actually encourage Chris to, to try it just just once. But yeah, it's, I it's, will. It's not, it's, it's not difficult, man. It's it's uh. Just watch your back for oncoming bikes. Um, if you're in charge of picking up the bike, just keep your hand out of the exhaust, wear gloves, pick up the bike, and get that thing as far away from the road as as, as fast as possible. Medics, which which what I was, we didn't do shit, man. We didn't do jack squat. Like like somebody fell, riders nine times out of ten get up. Yeah, uh, you're not supposed to touch them. Um, and uh, you're only allowed to you're only allowed to to quote unquote touch them if they're just on the ground, just not moving or like complaining or whatever. Then you get the stretcher, put them little motherfuckers on the stretcher, and then walk them off. But luckily, I never had to do that. Um, yeah. So do they? Um, when you show up, I mean, do they have previous to showing up? Do they have like online 
basic training course or do they have a riders meeting that they train you or not riders or workers meeting both they, okay okay both because so, that, that's so. it's interesting to me because dude this stuff is so important and mm -hmm. as a racer um and a promoter because i put my own races on very very small scale but um you know it's hit and miss you go to some tracks whether it's a, like a club race level or a pro level and there's some big mistakes made, which everyone makes mistakes, but there's some big mistakes made that, that absolutely could and should have been prevented. Um, sure. And I yep. know for sure it's sometimes because, and, and I don't know at the pro level, but it's just straight up lack of training. Like, like, you know, simply throwing a certain flag, not throwing a flag, throwing it when it should have been thrown, just basic things. I'm like, man, how does, how does that happen? Cause if I know how it works at my races, they're small again, but you know, just a quick down and dirty training in the morning of what I want. And I keep it very simple, but at the bigger level, man, that's, that's like a, that's a big deal. That's big money on the line. Big, yeah. You know, it's such a big deal, uh, a wrong call made and, or someone not um, attending or getting to somebody. I mean, it's a difference of so much. So, so much. Yeah, it's, it's big time. Yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. It's such a big role. It is. Mm -hmm. it is. And and the 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 level of uh, of superiors that that you have before you can actually act on, I mean, obviously, if if, if somebody if somebody crashes, get get out there and and, and help out, right? But in terms of like um, flags, so so th there's a lot of things that happen more recently in Moto America, right? Like missed flag calls, mm -hmm. um, a rider down, a bike on fire. Why are they not doing this? So sure. um, as much as we want to blame the marshals, a lot of that is race control, right? Yep, so we're not allowed to we're not allowed to act unless race control tells us, hey, do this. That's true. You know? yeah. yep. So it, it, it does become because your moral compass steps in, right? Like it's yeah. raining, bro. Put up a rain flag. But like you, you can't. One, man. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. So like, like, like race control has to be like, hey, uh, rain flags up. Then you can't because if you wave a flag and race control says, what are you doing? There goes your yeah, chances of ever marshalling out a race. There's there's so much involved in it. That's why I ask yeah. all these questions because I think it's it's really cool that you do that and anyone does it. I really Fun. appreciate and respect the uh, the Thank work because it's no joke. It's the big part of um, what happens within a race. And it's dude, it's it's long weekends. I've been at some races, some weekends, especially up where I am, where I live, like Thunder mm -hmm. Hill. You race out there. I'm no joke. 100 to 115 degree ambient temperature. So these dudes are out there just roasting all day long. You know, I mean, it's Watching a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And it they're is. out there running and picking up a bike. And I mean, there's there's a lot to it. So it's I hope I hope people can recognize it and uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, you, you got you and Chris got to try it like at least once. Yeah, I'm yeah. down. Yeah, just, to, just to get it out, just to get it out of your system, because yeah. I, I know, uh, as much as I love marshalling, um, after after the first time, I was like, I was like, all right, this was great. Let me see if I can do it again. After the second time, loved it, but I was like, I kind of like the freedom of Watching. of going around and, and just just freelancing. Sure, but then it's it's a it's 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 a give or take sort of thing. But I encourage anyone who's a fan of the sport to actually do it. It's not hard to get in. Yeah. It really isn't, especially if you have bike yeah, experience. Yeah. That's a cool way to do it. It's something I haven't really thought of, but with, with friends and, and all that I've got that, you know, love racing or want to check it out, 
but to go do that end of it because it, yeah. you know, fans out there, that's that is the best way. I've never done it, but I mean, shit, I've raced for so many years that you get to understand it, know it, and that's the best way to experience a, yeah. you know, the sport. Really, I at my little events that I put on, I have volunteers, and you know, yeah. I'll trade out a race entry or something. I have parents that go and do it. I train them real quick in the in the morning, and they usually just come back and do it because they're like, man, it's such a cool vantage point. I get to be right there, and I I, I start yeah. understanding the sport. That's what I hear for most of the parents is I get it way more now and whoa, I appreciate what my kids doing more because they're, right. they're seeing their speeds, you know? Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and, cool. and believe it or not, believe it or not, even though it is MotoGP, we're always short of people. Really? Can you believe that? We're always short. Hmm. Are they, uh, I mean, they, they pay, right? They must. No, they don't. Mo really? Mo MotoGP doesn't pay. Yeah. Um, they just, Moto America does. Okay. Yeah. Well, not not Moto America, but like the 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 SCCA, um, the marshaling agency that that. Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They they pay, but I understand why uh, why MotoGP doesn't pay. I mean, like again, it's 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 give and take, right? Yeah. Like like I said, you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars. You can never get as close to the action as we can. We are the action. So it's like you, you trade that experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. For I mean it's a whole it's a whole weekend. It's free. I mean, you only, you only gotta pay for a place to stay, or sometimes you get like huge discounts on places to stay because you're a marshal. So sure. I think Coda, yeah, I don't know if it's Coda. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's Coda or or if it's MotoGP that, that is in cahoots with the hotels there. Okay. Um but you get you get you get discounted hotels, um, they feed you. Uh, not the best, but they feed you, um, and and you get a lot of cool like exclusive free shit like 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 volunteer um, swag and stuff like that. Like it's yeah, it, it's cool. nice. It's not something that I would like to do every every year because you know you like yeah. to switch it up. Sure. Um, uh, so would I do MotoGP next year? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's good. the friends, you know, like like you, you you make friends that that do this. All the time, and it's like there's like a camaraderie to it. Like, like when, when like when 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 me and Chris were, were walking through Coda, and then you see like the marshals like waving, "Yo, Julius! Oh shoot, it's, it's the show! It's the show!" I'm like, I'm part of you guys. Like, like I'm, yeah. I'm with y'all tomorrow. Like, yeah. you know. What I mean? So it, it's 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 yeah. great. It's great doing that. Um, how do you guys? How do you guys know each other? Funny story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so like I I, I met. Uh, Andy, Andy was part of the group um, when him and Jules started Pin the Gas. Anyway, I, I was friends with Andy. We met at VIR. Um, he was asking me questions about aerodynamics and MotoGP, and then he pulls out his phone and said, I'm going to record a conversation. I'm going to send it to my buddy Jules. Then he mentions the podcast, and they ended up having me as a guest on, on Pin the Gas podcast. Uh, I was actually the first guest, and then uh, after that, um, yeah, the rest is pretty much history. And then right. – we didn't finally meet until Texas this year. So that was the first yeah. time me and Jules met in person. Okay. We've been podcasting for like a year since we met. Oh wow. Yeah, this this is still this is still a baby too. So where's Andy? Is he still part of it? No. Oh. He he listen, he is to me. He'll always be part yeah, of Penny Gas, right? For sure, because he was he was part of, of the original group, but he's not he don't podcast with us anymore right. today. Yeah. yeah, no. Right on. Yeah. No, yeah. cool. but but I, I always always give him his flowers because he was um 
Absolutely. literally the first person who was who, who was who was on this stuff. Yeah, but is this uh, uh, Rowe or yeah, Andy Rowe. Yep. Yeah, Andy Rowe. Yeah, oh, I met him. I met him last year. The first time I think I met him at Atlanta last year. Yep, at Georgia. Yep. Yeah, he yeah. he, he wasn't rolled out Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Because of this whole this whole podcast thing, he got into Moto America, and oh, and okay. now yeah, because he, he he never he never watched Moto America before. Oh really? Yeah. He was just a so, GP guy. Yeah, just straight up GP. And I, I don't even know if he was into World Superbike like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. But yeah, now now that now he's like he's like into the Moto America. Now the Moto America guys know who he is, and like like everyone's reaching out to him now. And uh, nice. you know, it's it's it, it was it was great. It was great seeing him have so much fun in New Jersey when he was still trying to get to know these people. Yeah. Um, we me me and Andy were both marshals. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's that's a, that's how we met. Okay. And then Andy brought Chris along, and then nice. you know. Yeah, man. So that, that's that's that goes back to marshalling, man. Like, yeah. you, know, you never know who you who you can meet marshalling. Absolutely, and yeah. And I, small, I, I, world, race, race world small, you know. It is. It is. It is, it, it is so small. It's so small, in fact, that marshalling MotoGP, I had experience. I marshaled Formula E in Brooklyn, New York. I'm I'm based in New York, so I went to Brooklyn. And you can't imagine how many guys from MotoGP were marshalling in Formula E. Completely different sport in a completely different place. WTF, LOL. I was like, what the fuck? This shit is nuts. That's cool, man. It is. Yeah, cool. It is great. My, um, my last one before Austin was actually in New Jersey. And uh, for the first time, I picked up a bagger's bike. And I've seen... It was one of the worst. Incredible Hulk, right? It was yeah, one of the yeah. worst things because just me and one other guy. It was one of the worst things to ever pick up. I bet. Yeah. So, so I, speaking I of that, I couldn't pick it up myself. Yeah, Hawk. So you raced the baggers, right? So, yep. I, I was just about to bring that up. Tell us about that experience racing a Harley versus a crotch rocket. Oh man, they couldn't be more different. Um, you know, <laughs> it was it was cool for me because. You know, I'd been out of the sport for 13 years. Um, and last year, um, how it happened was Corey West and uh, Patricia, his wife, were on their way up to Washington to race. Uh, um, I think it was a hooligan race or something like that. So they stopped off at my house and Corey unloaded his his bike to shake it down and just spin some laps in the dirt. And um He'd, he'd asked me, he said, Hey, would you have any chance and, uh, or interest, um, to race a bagger? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, like I didn't even know what a bagger was really. I had sort of right. seen, I had seen just some clips, you know, um, online, but anyways, so he said, well, man, you know, the, the guys, the guy asked me and, you know, I've, I've already got another gig going and, um, you know, he, I think you'll have a, I think you'll have a decent bike and, um, you know, he'll, he'll probably pay you and this and that. And it's like, yeah, give me his number. So uh, anyways, long story short, I ended up calling the guy and I ended up riding for him. Um, and it, so I had a fresh perspective completely of riding a motorcycle completely. Right. Cause yep. after that many years, I had to honestly sort of learn how to race a motorcycle again, ride a motorcycle again. I mean, I, it took a lap, but right it wasn't like going from a, a sport bike onto a bagger. It was basically like starting all over again. So I got to, I think it was a good thing because I got to just start fresh on this 
big old foreign motorcycle, um, foreign to me. And, um, it was, fuck, man, it was cool. It was a trip. That's all I can say is that, you know, was it scary? Back, uh, cause I could yeah. imagine like a giant. Well, yeah, here's why. Let me give you the backstory on this without, without bashing anybody. This is pretty interesting. So, and this is so my style, my whole career was very on and off by choice. And I had some definite, um, interesting luck, but so I call, I call the guy, the team owner and we chat, we get, we get a deal arranged. He said, okay, um, I want you to come out and test the motorcycle. So he flew me out to Chicago and this is last year, um, to test at Blackhawk farms, <clears throat> which I'd never been to. And I'm watching the weather forecast and it shows rain period. It shows solid rain and I don't mind riding the rain. I love riding in the rain. So I get there, pick me up from the airport. We drive a couple hours to the track. We get there. Um, and it's, you know, it's pouring rain, unload the bike and, and they, they rented the racetrack. They rented the whole track. I was the only one there on the track. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so put the bike in, uh, in the garage and uh get stuff sort of dialed I'm, i sit on it i get the controls everything how i want it and i haven't changed out yet you know i'm just sort of waiting because it's pouring rain and there's there's a brand new set of slicks on mounted on the bike oh my god at some point you know i asked him finally i was like um when are you guys gonna throw some reins on it and you know the owner looked at me so cross-eyed like what do you mean rains? I said rain, rain tires. And he'd never heard of rains. He didn't know rain tires existed. What? Um, what? So that was, you know, so that was like a big eye opener. Eye opener. Right, right. Like, holy oh shit. God. Are you kidding me? No. Well, where's the razor blade at, Dan? Let me groove these tires. Something. <laughs> so, and I'll tell you what, you know, and these are, uh, these are learning experiences because within that conversation, it was, I said, well, I can't go out on the bike with slicks on in the rain. And we're, we're not talking like a little rain and maybe it was going to dry up or it was drying up. It was raining, flooding and around in the truck. I said, let's go drive the truck, you know, and let me see where the track goes. And um, I, I drove and drove and drove and at least sort of figure out where it went. And then it was like, okay, you got to go out on track. And I was like, well, I, I can't go out on the slicks and, and Blackhawk farms, I'd never ridden it. I don't know what the surface is like, but I can tell you there's patches, there's sealer, armco barriers everywhere without air fence or hay, nothing, you know? Right. Um, with grass in between. You hit grass, you're in that armco. So I was like, man, I, I you know, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, I rented the track for $5,000 and uh, you're going to ride. Even if you just tiptoe around, you need to go ride and figure out this bike. Wow. You know, that was an interesting start to getting back on a motorcycle and, and let alone a bagger. And again, not, not talking any shit on anyone. Um, but it was, it was not just a, the circumstances. It was, it was tough. Yeah. And I've never, I've never had to deal with that from a, a team owner or, or been put in that situation in my life and, right. and no rider ever should, you know, no, um, I but I still, you know, I, I respected that in a way that, um, his, point of he spent a lot of money to be there and we had one yep. day to test this bike and then we were going to go race i get it so i said okay you know i suited up and um 
I spun 55 laps in the rain on slicks and um, Holy shit. it was so gnarly, but it was what an experience. I learned so much because, you know, I had to learn a new motorcycle and, you know, tires in the slick in the rain was just challenging. There's yeah. standing water. There was, it was so mentally draining, but man, I, I just chipped away at it and I got it actually to the point where it was cool because I learned a lot of what I can do in the rain on slicks with that bike. But, you know, I was rolling around, I was spinning the tire up comfortably, you know, like, like riding a little XR under the dirt. So it was, it was actually really neat, but to answer your question, super scary for first experience back. And my, my, I just kept saying to myself, just, just take it easy, you know, like always go yeah. home to my family period. Cause it was, it yeah. was high, high risk. Um, so aside from that, my next experience on the bagger was in the dry at, at, I call it Sears point, but in Finian, Sonoma. Yeah, Finian, yeah. And it was mm. rad. Baggers are so cool, you guys. They're um that's what I'm saying. They look, they look so okay. So I'm 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 not behind the cockpit, so I don't know. But they look so stable around corners, like like when when like leaned over, like the bike just plants. At, at least that, that's what it looks like in the highlight videos. In a way, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess you could say depending on your bike and how it's set up. Right, know, right, right. But yeah, I mean they're a long wheelbase, so they are yes. overall they're stable. They, they're stable in the regard. They're not knifey like a sport bike. You know, they're not twitchy, right, right. but they are. They move a lot. I mean, you know, especially the harder you push them. Mm -hmm. They're always, they're always. I feel like I compare it to a, riding a very big XR100. They're always sort of flexing and moving and squatting, and you know, there's so much weight that they truly are flexing. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so much weight on the tire that carcass is moving and flexing. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot yep. of movement out of the bike. And God, they're not meant to do that. So I know I went through stuff on mine that I don't think it was ever stable. On the straightaway, they're they're doing this almost the whole time because oh, okay. they're moving. And the geometry, yeah. right? We didn't run a, a, a steering damper, you know, like. Yeah. Um, oh. So they're, um, but they're really forgiving. That's what I can say is that whether it was the bike I rode last year before I developed it and it handled like shit, it's still <laughs> very forgiving. You know, like a sport bike, when it snaps, it snaps. It, it snaps, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are like, it's almost like you gotta, you gotta act, you have a second to react. You know, they start to go. It's like, oh, okay, that transferred from here to there, right? Where the rear tire is, and I can react. You know. Yeah, but they're yeah. also not forgiving in the way of you're always not always, but but dragging parts. You're always looking for a clearance. You know that's the scary part is once you find that limit. Which on my the first bike, the Harley, it was the the primary. I was dragging the primary always, and that's just scary because when it you've is. got that angle to that, that's that is it. Yeah. So like, you ain't going no further over. Yeah, that's it. Ain't go further Cut. over, so you know it'll it'll scrape and pivot the bike a bit and then there's just always those things in your mind of like um or or what is the bike actually flexing is that something falling apart or breaking or cracking or is the motor going you know like that's i'd say for me the scariest part of riding these baggers the most intimidating part is failures which they've really yeah. improved they've done a great job yeah. but 
I've never been worried about racing a sport bike on track and a guy in front of me. I don't even think about it. You're in the moment you're racing. I'm always thinking about a little puff of smoke. I am like, Oh shit. I get offline a little bit. Right. Yeah. These things are letting go. Um, again, everyone's doing a great job of, of there's not as many blowups now or oil leaking, but, but yeah. it's, it's scary as a rider for me is like, I'm very, I ride much more tentative and I guess smarter and, and just thinking those things through more, you know? Yeah. Facts. I mean, those bikes weren't intentionally designed rider. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they weren't intentionally designed to, to be a race bike to begin with. Right. So that's where you get all that movement because the, the chassis is so flexible. It's soft and older to, handle everyday accommodations your highways and your back roads and all that snazzy jazz stuff right and you go on bolton performance parts and slicks now they run slicks on them right it's it's uh oh, yeah, yeah it changes the game you know it, I, yeah it's it's uh I, so as, as far as the transition obviously it's a heavier bike heavier bike so it's more physically demanding to transition from side to side but as you enter the corner and you, and you let off the brakes the, the the transfer front from the front to the rear is not as drastic or they got that pretty much dialed in now? I think that the factories do. Yeah. I mean, um, their bikes are, are radically different than mine. Um, and I, the bike I'm on now, the, the Indian challenger, the Lloyd's garage bike. I mean, it's a bitching bike, you know, it's, it's awesome. I love the bike. Is it what the factories are on? Not even close. So, yeah. you know, I, compare what i ride and I, again it's it's a very fun motorcycle to ride um so i can just say that that their bikes are that much more yes like they right. they're doing what they want them to do they're they are straight up i mean they're they're a sport bike in ways you know they've got um very much uh super bike forks on them and, and data and all sorts of things the triple clamps the angles there but but they're still freaking 650 pounds long wheelbase yeah. guys are riding the shit out of them like they are yeah freaking, absolutely freaking kyle wyman almost dragged elbow on one of them like oh yeah that's gonna happen soon you know yeah it's, it it's will they're, but you can only go so high up with clearances between you know where it's gonna be a hindrance you know um right because now you raise yeah. the center of gravity right so, yeah, so the more you raise stuff up yeah it changes the whole yeah yep. yeah yeah, absolutely. It's They're awesome, so. guys. They, they really work. They work pretty dang good. You have to learn how to ride them, though. You got to ride them a bit different. You have you got to have some balls, and you've got to be uh, <laughs> really aggressive. Like I kind of want to ride one around, you know. It, I, it, I, it does. It, it does. It it, yeah, it takes both balls. Yeah. So, so it's. It, let me ask you this: as far as like racing a bagger versus uh, a crotch rocket, right? Um, it, what's the cost difference if you wanted somebody wanted to get in a bagger class versus, you know, your, your super like, sport or super twin class? Oh man, hell expensive. Absolutely. If you yeah. want to be <laughs> like at, the, at the Moto America level, um, again, like comparing what what i've been on i know that the factory factory harley budget is is out the roof like unbelievable yep. indians is not indians is not what harley's is and it's still absolutely huge but that's but that's part of developing their whole goal of this is they want you know this r d goes to their street platform and it goes towards guys being able to get these these parts and do it to their bike so it's awesome it's yeah incredible. it just makes it hard for a privateer team like ourselves to be competitive. Just frustrating. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. It is what it is, but you know, my guys aren't going to put, or they don't have that budget that the factories have. Um, and I don't doubt that I can run up front with those guys if I was on the same equipment as long, along with, you know, a lot of other riders that are on the privateer bikes, you know, they're extremely, you look at that field. That's very talented riders. Yes, it uh, is. That part of it, man, it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Budget's tough. Uh, a bagger budget is to do it competitive. It's astronomical, yeah. you know, it blows my mind. Um, and I would say comparable. If you wanted to go try to be competitive in superbike as a privateer, you're probably similar. Maybe bagger's probably more because you have to build the motorcycle. You know, right, right, right. So you can go buy a stock 1000 off the showroom floor. They're turnkey these days. It's like you're not yeah. you're not spending thousands just trying to chop, cut, fab. You know this bike. Yeah, you're not tailoring the bike now. Like, okay, let's go buy a an R1 and do what Stamboli does. You know, like right. Close right. as you can. He's right about it. You can get some grave stuff. You, you know, that's it's not out there for these. Really, it's getting there, but it's not really out there. Guys are still doing it themselves which is incredible every every bagger on that grid from first to last dude these guys are badasses what they yes what they, they are and yeah. a lot of them are like that's what's so cool about this class is they're building the bikes at home they're driving to the track themselves they're racing them i mean what studs like i i couldn't do it you know yeah yeah and, and, just mechanically if i knew how to do that i think it's so cool but just the effort to race and wrench on your bike in the same weekend is so draining like uh you know i'm, I'm gonna sort of have to do it this weekend myself in washington and <laughs> i'm like oh boy you'll be just fine hawk <laughs> yeah you'll I, be I, just I, fine I work, but uh you know these to, to wrench and race is is impressive and that these guys That's are it. like they're the ultimate of it you know so well, yeah, because when when you're working on your bike, it takes away from your focus on what you need to be mentally prepared for being on the track, right? So, so you got to it. Yeah. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. You got to turn turn Hyde off and focus on Jekyll, and then turn Jekyll off and focus on Hyde, and then merge them together when you get out there on the track. And just it's it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's it adds a different you know draining too. You you know you, these guys are oftentimes they don't even have time to get out of their leathers. You know they're they're dropping the top. <laughs> And they're under the thing working on it and they zip it back up and go it, it really is these yeah, these wild you know be neat yeah. showcased more in my opinion i can say that yeah. right I, I give it i give it to moto america because i feel like um as an organization um year by year they're getting better like uh in terms of promotion uh when i started when i first started watching moto america in 2020 um i didn't really give two shits about the other classes except for stock 1000 and and uh and uh super bike right i mean obviously you know someone who's new to the sport you want to watch like the best of the best do it right yeah but as as moto america continues to grow and continues to progress in terms of uh what what they or how they display their other classes i'm telling you right now um i didn't care about the baggers class but now i'm like glued because i love i love watching these guys just take these giant honking stalking bikes and just elbow like 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 borderline elbow dragging them around tight corners and i think that's freaking phenomenal i used to I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you i used to talk mad shit about it i'm like this is probably the most american thing but then as i kept watching it as i kept watching it and as i kept talking about it i was like you know what 
I kind of, I, I kind of like this. I kind of like this a lot. <laughs> it's yeah, great for our sport. It I tell you what, it's, it's, yeah. it's all American. I mean, yeah. Indian versus Harley. How cool. Yeah. It's so old that's, school. Yeah. And that's what we need. Yeah. And I agreed. And it's gnarly. It is, it is, you can't help, but it, there's so many still haters out there. There's always gonna be haters, but I don't care. It's gonna take a minute. Dagger, you know, run around the track at, at that pace. It's exciting just, just because of how big they are. You can see, you can see the movement of these bikes. You can yeah. see the the thing moving and twisting and shaking, the bags it's bouncing cool. around, everything about it. It's exciting. And you know, Moto America, good for them for branching out, thinking outside the box, demographically yeah. speaking, man, it was needed. You know, in my opinion, I I've been away from the sport for so long. I left it in 2010 when it was AMA. And yeah. there was good stuff about AMA and there was not good stuff yeah. for me to come back to Moto America. I haven't watched it. I haven't followed the sport at all for years. So just coming mm -hmm. right in and racing it good for them because to me coming back in that paddock, it's, it's, it's small. It is tiny. It's like a, it's like a club race in ways. Um, and that a lot of that is, is just due to the economy and whatnot. Right. Um, right. So that brought a whole new crowd. And when you go to the races now, it's a lot of leather vest wearing guys, man, and gals. Yeah. And that, is, that is what's needed because it is. it's a whole new group. And if you if you look around, what's on the street? It's mostly Harleys. It's not no, it's, it's Indians and Harleys, yeah. It's your it's your warriors that are, you know, wanting to be bad boys for the weekend. That's rap. And they're yeah. the best fans. They're the best fans. They're wild. And, um, you know, a sport bike, if you go buy one, a Jap bike, you can buy them for pretty cheap. Well, not a Harley, you know. Mm -hmm. So the, typically those guys also, they have money to spend. They're going to go back in the industry and buy that Vance and Hines stuff, buy that Indian stuff that aftermarket versus sport bike guys. Typically, demographically, they don't have as much money, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, so, we don't. It's all good, man. I hope it keeps going. I, I, I really hope it does, and I think, I think it will. My one concern being in it as a rider, and you know, in talks with my team owner, team owners. The only way that it'll die quick, I think, because we're living it. My team, my team pulled out of Moto America on the bagger. They, we were doing the whole season, and that was the plan. That was the agreement, and. Um, he said, we're done. We're pulling out because they're not seeing their return as business owners. Yeah. You know, they're, they are Lloyd's garage, the, the top performance, uh, Indian guys in the nation and they own Indian dealerships and they, they're businessmen. They got to see a return. So, you know, I, as a rider, I'm super bummed, but I get it. And the reason right. is this is where Moto America is, is blowing it. And, you know, I got nothing to lose. You know, I can, as a rider say, Moto America does a shit job with promoting Moto America racers, be it social media, their website, and TV time. They Facts. show the top couple of guys on TV. And that's they it. Same people through media over yeah. and over and over. And that's not going to keep guys on the grid. You know, my team's pulled out. I'm quite sure that there's other teams that are going to be pulling out because even if for the amount of money that Lloyd's garage is spending with a beautiful motorcycle 
and you know we're up in the mix top privateers there's right. a great there's a great battle going on in sixth seventh eighth place yes showcase it even if you got to show every rider for even if it's five to ten seconds in a whole race that's going to keep our privateer teams on the grid they're going to say hey they just said lloyd's garage you know on the indian challenger they mentioned hawk mazada that's good for my business right Let's keep them on the grid they can justify and they're going to keep bikes on the grid otherwise it's going to be the in my opinion it's going to be the factory show harley versus indian with maybe six to eight bikes yeah. no one's going to no and, and you're, you're even seeing that you're even seeing that in the in the super bike class as well i mean with with uh shows like pressure arise and and stuff like yes. that which you know i love yep but they're only showing the same four yeah. five yeah. guys yeah. Yep. if five guys um every and week they've got to right like those guys are the top-notch dudes they should get the main showcase no doubt 100 percent. you just scroll through you just yeah. you scroll through and show little bits introduce the other guys you know pressure rises right. introduce them here's That's who right. this yeah. is like because there's like, a lot oh. of fans that aren't just rooting for the number one factory guys there's a lot of fans out there that are going for the underdogs they're going yes. for joe schmo yes. in the back maybe because he's got a really neat story maybe because he's an army vet or a you know military or rodney best you know maybe maybe it's maybe they're rooting for me because i teach i've got thousands of fans because i've worked with their kids like you know mm -hmm. i mean it could, be, it could be anything that showcase them that's what supercross has got dialed yes you they do they, True. Them, they they spread the word um you know throughout the field man like it's true that's my input i appreciate a lot of what mode america is doing i mean i'm out there racing with them um and the the different classes the hooligan good job oh yeah hooligan's in awesome in ways um i think is really cool so i think they've they've got they've got the best guys in the business you know behind it running it so you know you can't beat that as far as for rider safety and stuff so it, there's just certain things that that's the, the main one you mentioned about america man i hope they step it up in that regard because they already lost my team there's more on their way and maybe yeah. it won't matter. Maybe for them, it doesn't matter. It's like, well, we've got our factories and that's the money. And yeah, it's business. It's, it's a business period. You know, it yeah, should, I, it should matter though. Cause not, that's, it, no. that's, it, it should, that's, uh, in order for our sport to grow. And I've said this numerous times, me and Jules had this conversation with other guests too. It's like, that's where we lack as a sport, not just Moto America. I'm talking about Moto GP, British Superbike. All, uh, sure. World Superbike. It's all the same. It's all the same four or five guys, and every once in a while you might see a glimpse of the mid-pack battle, and then it goes back to first place, and then five seconds, and then the second place, and three seconds, you know, yeah. third place, or whatever. And it's like, it, this is boring, right? It's it's You're not helping grow the sport or bring new people in. You're just beating the same dead horse all the time. Yeah, yeah. like, like – if I was working for if I was working for Moto America as a, and I had like full like creative control, I would probably do um, they kind of do this, but it's not as efficient. It's like um, riders riders of the week, right? And then it'll just be some rando racer and just type up a story about them, put them, give them like a, a short five minute day in life documentary. 
Absolutely. Because you, 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 you never, you never know. You, you know, you, you never know what that little that that you five minute loop screen time. Moto America, man. I, shoot, I, I would love to, man. Yo, take pin the gas X X Moto America. That'd be that'd be great. Because yeah, because that, that's what I'm doing right now, man. I have a camera, right? Um, and when I when when I when I get to Moto America, one second. Laguna, well, when I get to Laguna, I'm gonna be doing like like short little promotional clips of of you know the the average racer. Cool. Not not I'm not saying like they're average, but like you know yeah, yeah. compared to this, hey, you know, just like a, um, a privateer spotlight and someone like yourself. You, you don't have to be Moto America employee or anything, but yeah. um, you know, you guys have got some traction and run around and interview every privateer out there that you can in you know in every any class all classes and over a course of a year you know depending on how many races you can get to cover every yeah. racer and i you know i'll do this i've thought about talking to my wife and and probably doing the same thing of of you know especially racer racer do some fun stuff but get out there and interview other people because and i don't i don't know uh every bagger racer real well i know all of them i've spoke to each one of them and it's pretty cool man you got some you got some interesting stories you know, that oh, 100%. people would like to hear and see, especially with the privateers of you get the stories of, yeah, man, I just got in. I drove all all day, all night for, you know, two days and my truck broke down and then I load the bike and this or that broke or blew up. And I was wrenching on it all night, made first. Like there's so much going on for these guys or gals that yeah. it's the story and it's that holy cow. And you made the grid. And you did yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, yo, you like, went through hell and you still, you know, and then these guys yeah. go on Monday, they go back to work. Yeah, because, because yeah. I mean, like, like one of the, one of the few examples of that and, and Chris, we're, we're on Spotify, right? And um, yeah. aside from like, you know, your, your Moto PG guys like Boris and all of them, a lot of the podcast listens are with Cody Cochran. He's a, he's a, a, a stock 1000 racer. Um, He's he's not he's he's not one of the top competing guys, but you know a lot of people were listening to his shit, Chris. Like that's wild. That that's wild that we can get him a lot of ear plays. Yeah, you know? it's but that's why I love doing what we're doing with the podcast. Just like what Hawk said, that we 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 give a platform and a chance for all the people that don't have a voice on the TV on that weekend so, or whatever, they can come on the podcast and we can go to Spotify and all this other good stuff and keep promoting Facebook live videos. You know, right. helping our sport grow—that's our goal, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it it it's a big deal. You know, it's it's something that we severely lack um, in in this industry. It really is. Moto America should reach out to Netflix, man. Like you know, like life of a struggling, uh, life of like a struggling hobby or or whatever, you know, like like it's something like something like that. You know, yeah. There's there's just so much uh, potential for Moto America, you know, being the top uh, racing in in America. That um, I don't see why in ways it shouldn't be like I, I compare it to Supercross because they do a great job. It granted that is oh, losing them. So it is a lot more unaccessible road racing. Um, but it's so freaking badass. And for those who have been to a road race, you know, I think most people are pretty blown away that I think, I think if they're able to get it a bit more mainstream, which easier said than done, um, right. it, it would it would really grow the sport. So, and you know, we all, we all take part in that. 
I could do I so much. Actually, you know, I mean, I, I have a couple ideas. Take more, yeah. Take time, and it because it takes a lot of time and money, but to try to do as writers, there's certain writers that do a great job um, of taking it upon themselves to promote the sport. You know, like uh, Josh Heron's a great example. I was going to say that Josh Heron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only fan <laughs> with the dude, bird, right? Dude, he doesn't give a shit, and I love that about him. That's He's great. And you know what? Especially these days with social media. It's allowed such a ridiculous platform of couch racers. Everyone knows best. Everyone is so fast. <laughs> they all don't know shit. And they couch all probably a motorcycle because I have them attend my camps. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are so slow and such a horrible <laughs> rider. And I read your post. It is a joke. So good for Josh Heron. I love the guy. It just He says the truth. And he's there to race a motorcycle. And that's what... That's what we're all there to do. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're there to race and win at that level. That is his job if you want to keep your seat. And so he, you know, he takes though, he's got pull and, you know, he can really influence and he does be it good he's or great. bad you know, and all that. It's, I mean, it's all good. You know, not everyone has to be a fan of him or, or, or others, yeah. you know, but he puts the effort out there and that I appreciate because if more of us, I don't do it, you know, we're doing what he's doing. He gets outside industry sponsors. He gets fans involved. He does things, I mean, all the time. Um, that's what's needed. You know, it really is. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I would love to admit that he does a great job of just branching branching out to, to people even outside the sport. It's the shit that he says and, like, shit that he does. I know I had my piece about him, but I'm slowly becoming a, a fan of that guy. <laughs> Slowly becoming a fan because yo, I have ideas. I have some like crazy ideas on like what Moto America can do to like to like help promote. I'm like, yo, why don't why don't we reach out to like you know when when, when we go to Texas when you guys go to Texas or whatever. Yo, send some tickets to Joe Rogan, man. Have Joe Rogan like like come through and 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 say some shit about us. Have uh, Keanu Reeves. He's a big motorcycle enthusiast. Yeah, reach out to him. Have oh, yeah. him come yeah. through. And those guys, it's what you're saying. That's what's needed. And I'm sure Moto America, I don't doubt that they have. I mean, those guys are, I remember seeing Keanu Reeves at MotoGP Laguna years ago. And, and uh, I mean, he's got his own bike brand. That guy's an enthusiast. Yep. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, that is what's needed. And you never know. I can say, again, it, it takes a lot of work and effort and time because – when I'm searching for sponsors for my for my business or for the races I promote, God, it takes a lot of time. Um, knocking on a hundred doors, you maybe get one yes, you know. Yep. So, which obviously Moto America is a business; they have people for that that do that, um, mm -hmm. and they're, they're on it. You know, they've got they've got bitching videos they put out. Um, you know, they do a great job in ways, and so yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like like re like reach out to uh reach out to um TikTokers who are big in the sports community who don't know jack shit about road racing. Send them some tickets. Come over. These guys get millions and millions of views per video. I swear to God, if one of those TikTokers were like, "Hey, I'm at this like motorcycle race. Look at look at what these guys are doing." The millions and millions of views that will come up with that, bro. Yeah. And yeah. these guys are probably not even expensive to to you know it's. It's, it's a little right. shy. Like I didn't understand that whole freaking TikTok world until 
actually my wife was explaining it to me because I, I was like, man, how do, how do, how does all this work? Cause she's taught me how to do social media, you know? Right. And I still don't understand. She does a lot of it for me. Right. Or, <laughs> it's like, well, Hawk, you have to post, um, you know, people do it at certain times of the day and there's algorithms and all this stuff. And well, these people have, even in the racing world, these people have these sponsors or these rides just because of their followers. They're not a very good racer. I'm like, right. no shit. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that company or team is getting more out of just that social media world or TikTok or Snapchat, whatever it all is, than the results on track or the, yeah, I'm like, wow. It makes sense. It's, I mean, it does. You know, but, but at the same time, you know, it, it comes back to a money thing, right? Especially if you're a privateer. I mean, if you're a privateer, you get that one viral video or whatever, and the people are going to come and watch you. Maybe I just got to go do something super weird, right? Just do Maybe. a dance, bro. Just do yeah. a TikTok dance and then these days. Do something weird or be, uh, well, but like commercial style. Like do something <laughs> yeah. And Dog man, I could be in a factory seat. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, you never know, man. It's 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 just, oh, it's, man, it's, it's, just it's, it's you got to change the times, and that's sort of what it is yeah. these days. It's a it's an incredible platform that you know we have for free. You know, like you said, to advertise and to promote, and um, you have to learn how to use it. And you know, part of it too, I can say for me personally is I'm just sort of old school, and I'm stuck in my ways of like I don't want. Yeah. To, want to do that and i'm not going to like i will put up yeah. or my wife will or someone will put up a video of me at the track racing or a certain something that's it's natural but the stage stuff i'm like guys i, I can't do it Sorry. <laughs> I can't you, know, be you know but you know if you you, you got to just change the time just think you sort of huh. got to do it in ways you know you, you, you <laughs> gotta channel your inner brad pitt bro brad pitt huh yeah, got to channel that inner actor, man. You want the monies? Classes in Santa Barbara. That was very good. But that how, was good. How cool <laughs> would it be though? Like, like let's say, let's say. I mean, I I could be that guy if I had the time to. But how how cool could it be to just have somebody with a camera and follow someone like I don't know. I'm, I'm just gonna say a random name out, like Max Flinders, right? Um, Max had Max had a great story, or or or, or Cody Cochran had a great story. Where, like you know they they um, well, I don't know if Max does this, but like they 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 go to the the tire deposit and they look for tires that don't have a lot of use, and they take those tires. Like how cool would it be to have somebody with a camera just following them? Like you know, life of a racer who's just trying to fuel his passion, having him sure. wake up every day. He's not in the fanciest hotel. If if he's even in a place to sleep, right? Yeah, no, that's um, a track. Sleep in the back of the truck, like show like the realness of the 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 passion. Uh, um, we got passion somebody like that right now, Levi Batty. <laughs> Our boy Levi's doing that, that right now in Moto America, sleeping in a van, sleeping at the track, not getting yeah, to hotels. Yeah. That's exactly what he's that. doing. How hey, cool would it be to showcase that? Ninety percent yeah. of the paddock is doing. I mean, there's a lot, you know, like. It's a lot. No. And, and that's again, but Hey, just got to do it, you know, do it yourself, do it. Uh, you know, even if it's low budget, but try to just film, have someone film, have a parent, these kids that are putting everything they have towards their kids, their, their homes or everything, you know? Yeah. Yes. I have it's a no pretty good camera though. I just, I could, I, I, I could do it. I could do it. I, I just need a better rig. <laughs> 
But I could definitely hey, do it. There's, there's a lot of people out there that would probably, you know, be stoked to to take you up because I know that's the to me that's one of the best selling points for a business. I know like mine is video. If I'm I'm promoting a race, I want to I want to see some video of that track before I drive maybe or fly real far to go race that track. Right. That's true. That track or from my camp. Well, what is it? Video. You know, pictures are fine, but videographers, man, it's hard to find them and and they're super expensive potentially. So, you know, there's something to uh, business-wise to do there. And there's a couple guys that that roll around with the uh, paddock that do that. Um Yeah, but they're only filming well, like the the best guys. Yeah, I mean it's a cool gig too, you know. Um some of them mean you need to do this, Jules. Yeah, man. Yeah. I would love to just just Netflix style documentary, like, yeah, I woke up and uh I ate some rice krispies and uh it's the only thing I'm gonna have because I gotta spend money on race tires. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's I mean that's, that'd be some cool yeah, exactly. That, that, that'd be some cool shit because I, I, I tell my friends, you know, none of my friends are into this shit. Um, but they see me post a lot of it, and I'm like, yo, it's not like ball sports where you can truly be truly come from rags to riches just solely based on skill no no it's not not at all it's not you you need some sort of what's up if you don't have the equipment underneath you it's not going to happen in in it's it's, like you said all sport get some sneakers and a basketball and there you go this is so this this is so much work and effort and, and financially cost so much that you know Talent wise, you can be as talented. There's so many talented riders in that Moto America paddock, but you got to have the equipment. Avery Dreyer. Yes. Lap Slayer is a the great example. Of the yes, it is. Family supporting three kids racing yep. and performing at the top level. Yep. And big shout out to him and his dad. Absolutely. For real. And his sister. And his sister, which we're going to yeah, be talking to her pretty soon. Are, are, are pretty, I admire him a lot. I really do. I wish I had, well, I say I wish I had. You know the involvement and support from parents because you got to start pretty young these days yeah. you know is is really everything because if your parents don't support you you're not going to be able to do it no. you know there's so many so many kids that don't have the opportunity and that's what i'm i'm so i'm just so thankful and blessed that i had the opportunity uh that majority in this nation do not have um True. and i started late you know at 16 years old but here's the thing too you don't have to start young and I, I've had this talk so much because I work with so many kids at my camp and a lot of these parents, the dads are like, man, what do you think of my kid? And I'm, and I'm very honest, like there's natural <laughs> talent and there's sucks. work. There's a lot of work, you know, and right. I'm very honest, like, Hey, your kid's going to really have to work at this. Like period. There's athletes and there's not athletes. Right. Right. And I can yeah. see it right away. So the kids who are really talented. Their parents are like, what do you think, man? And, it's expensive and all this. I said, Hey, let them be kids. Like it, it, it's really neat that kids are able to start these days that we have the platforms. I mean, God dang, stay sick bike or strider bike, stay sick bike. There is every step from, from starting at two years old. I have kids that race at my, my races that are two years old on electric basics. They have a freaking binky in their mouth. It's, it's incredible. At the same time though, let them be kids. You know, I see a yeah. lot of, parents pushing so hard and the to kids be great. Are, but they're like eh when they're not on track they're over just playing with their buddies like kidding out and let them kid out let them be kids let them have that balance and i'm i'm really stoked that i got into it late again but my parents were like hey if you keep your grades up have a job 
you know, we'll support you in it. Um, and it was on me. Like I wanted to do it. And right. so for these parents that support these kids, man, it's a huge, huge, huge effort, both time-wise and financially. And, you know, um, freaking cool. And I, and I, again, though, I think it, I think it's really important mentally for these kids to progress is to be kids, let them just still have that balance. They burn out. You see a lot of them at a young age, they burn yeah. out. Yeah. Five. And, and they're, they're dum-dums. They have nothing going on. They're not all of them. I'm saying, but some of them I grew up with racing, they get hurt or something happens and they have nothing to fall back on, you know, and they've got True. no life. So, um, anyways, when you mentioned True. that, these parents are badass doing what they do. I've got kids. If my son really wanted to go racing, you know, you do what you need but, to to support yeah, your kids. Absolutely. You know? um, it's just, We're halfway through the mini cup season. As much as I love the opportunity, I wish the kids got more spotlight future of the sport. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. 100%. Those races are so cool to watch. Those uh, little yeah. guys. Dude, they're awesome. Mini, mini, mini cup is awesome. Mini cup uh, is my so favorite. Their helmets are like as big as their they are their all right their helmets this big their shoulders are the same with his helmets so it's cool, like man. it is it I, is I, I, I told everyone like like my favorite class right now is the junior cup like i love awesome love race. love watching the junior cup man oh it's such a good race yeah, it's it great racing holy shit and that like, last one in road america was uh what was it i think 12 guys or so in in that lead pack yeah 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 awesome. it's great it's, it's, it's great racing mm -hmm. You, you you never know who's gonna win one of those, man. Like, like everyone is just so like the 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 lines are so stacked with with talented kids, and yeah, uh, yeah they're our future. They're 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 the ones that like I I feel should be promoted the most. And you know, because like if 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 the smaller people get get more of a spotlight, everything is eventually gonna trickle on. They're like, yo, if these guys are are this good and they're only running. 13th 12th 11th place then imagine how good the other guys are so it it can build from there you don't necessarily have to because if you're looking at the best guys all the time then why should you care about the the, the other guys and you have no knowledge of who these guys are you know yeah. what i'm saying so it's, it's better if we start from the bottom and then work our way to the top you know well yeah the, these kids are um they're extremely talented they're, they're, they are exciting to watch i mean it's got to be exciting racing i mean i i'm not going to watch if it's not good racing yeah. um and they're <sighs> talented they've got good racecraft um but I, I can say too they they do a darn good job I and mean, back when i was racing um starting racing 125s you know we we raced the biggest series back then was called usgpru and the, the grand prix association and it was like uh john hopkins ben spees the haydens and you know we were all in it that same time with each other so like, big talent you didn't get spotlighted at all you know i mean there was not there was maybe an article in road racing magazine road racing world but you had you had no spotlight so these these kids do have it pretty dang good these days they get tv time they get live plus they get i mean it's it's pretty amazing compared so it's it's come a long way um could be better i think everything in the u.s racing wise is still growing it's still honestly it's a young sport compared to europe i mean our our sports here are ball sports right yeah, um facts europe yeah. that is their sport that's their passion yeah. you know that's what they yeah, do it's, it's come a long do. way I, mean, I gotta say it's i give i give the u.s in in all forms be it motor america or club racing 
props and credit. Um, yeah. It's going to get better. Getting there. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's still young. It just is, you know. It, it, it will get better. We, there's clearly, there's clearly uh, a much more interest with, within the last few years. Like it is getting better and better. And Obviously, there's other, there's ways to tweak it, but um, we'll get there. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll definitely get there. I, you know, having these having these stepping stones and the ladder system for young riders now to progress. Like back when I started, it was. I didn't even ride one, but a, like a YSR, I mean, basically yeah. a stock one and they'd strip them down and then you'd go on to 125, a 250, a 600. Well, that was tough and it was expensive. Like now there is stepping stones to where it is pretty, I think we're going to, in the next 10 years, we're going to have some extreme talent coming out of the United States. Yes. I agree. I agree. You know, we didn't have that long ago. You know, hopefully you get back to, you know, when we had a couple guys at the MotoGP level, you know, um, get yep. back to that point. I think we will. There's no reason not to. We have we have some of the best in the world that have come through. I mean, from back in the day, I mean, the Roberts and the Spencers and the, you name it. They're the oh, shit. They're, yep. they're, just they're the old, shit. Old school, flat tracker, redneck boys. You know, they're, they're just badasses. And why not? I mean, you no, know. you're right. One thing I see us lacking though in our sport compared to, to the Europeans though, Hawk is, you know, like we touched on a little bit is their, their kids grow up on little mini motos and that's what they do. Right. So that's their whole sport where over here we're football and NASCAR, right. Or basketball or whatever. So we don't have that yeah. fundamental foundation as far as road racing go as they do um, right. as a whole. Right. Yeah. Um, where I could, if we had that, I could see more of us getting over there because it's, it's big time money and sponsorship that allowed Hayden to go over there and all these other U S guys going over there. Right. And, and to touch on that too, is like the flat track style don't necessarily work as it did back in the day as it does. I mean, works better back in the day as it does now because of all the electronic bullshit they got on the bikes. Right. So it's not, it's, it's different. So the way you ride these uh, electronic astronaut space shuttles, basically, yeah. Yeah. Right. Compared to the old YSRs and the 125s. And that's why I think two stroke riding is so essential growing up at, at a, as a yeah. young kid yeah. versus a four stroke. Um, yeah. It teaches you a lot of a lot of stuff you can't. Well, corner speed, number one, you know, I, you know, it was neat. I rode um, at Thunder Hill this last weekend. I rode on a Friday track day that just some some buddies of mine brought a 600 out for me to ride. And one of them was on a little more walkie. Um, what are they, 450, whatever it yeah. was. Looks like just like a 125. Yeah. I got to shred around with him, and, man, it brought back memories and, and that whole how important corner speed is because I'm on a 600, and he's just railing this thing mid-corner speed <laughs> entry. I'm like, hell, yeah, that that is where it's at. That's where I got my craft, and so did all the boys in my generation, you yeah. know. Um, and then I got – and it was interesting. Then the next day, I rode – Dustin's, you know, track days bikes, the R1. It can be props. And oh my God, like what an incredible motorcycle. Bone stock. It had the the one I rode had seven miles on it. It's like brand new. God damn. Rubber on it. I was like, oh hell yeah. I'm gonna ride this. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, I'm gonna tear this. You put a lot of miles on that thing. And but what a machine out of the box, just so knifey, so smooth. I mean, it just worked. But then the other part of it was I came in after a session or two and I was like, 
He's like, hey, you know, Dustin, how's the bike? I said, turn all of the electronic bullshit off. You know, huh. I said, you can't. I said, well, dumb it down. Like, turn all that traction control and all the everything off. I got damn ABS is kick- like I'm trying to get hard on the front brake and back the thing in the rear brake. It won't allow me to. It's going under the brakes. Oh, Lord. And I'm yeah. snapping this thing. I mean, snapping it. It won't spin up, which is incredible. But I want to turn all that off. And you, you I guess you can't. Even And Dustin's like, you don't want to ride it like that. I said, no, I do. Yeah. yeah I, do. My <laughs> last, I had my last Superbike from 2010 down on display because I'm trying to sell the thing. Mm-hmm. It's a 2008 Jixxer 1000. Excellent. My traction control is an on-off switch and a knob from negative nine to positive nine. That was my traction control. So throughout the race, I would reach over and just dial it up. So old school, but it was awesome. You know, so that's awesome. Yeah. And and that's the ex uh, Michael Jordan GSXR bike, right? Yeah. 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 How much you want for it? Yeah. Hey, three grand. (laughs) Three grand? Three grand? I want it gone. gone. Taking up space in my garage it sits Dude. and you know I oh my go. god let me let me Great. save up some money man <laughs> I'll put i'm being so serious you think i'm joking it's awesome. got some history it really does i mean yeah. it was an incredible motorcycle i got it from um i think i want to ride that shit. a year or anyways yeah it was one of theirs i think i don't know who wrote it yates jeff may jake holden it was those boys that Cridmore. Cridmore. Yeah. i mean it's it's a machine it's got the Bravo condoms wrap on it. Oh my God. That's I worth it. it right there. That's worth it right it, there. Yeah. Absolutely. I need it. I need a new bike. That's <laughs> awesome. Piece. Anyways, man. Uh, that is yeah, great. Technology these days is, is really, it's very interesting is that, you know, I, I will go now that I'm racing again, I'll go back to my old notes that I've saved in my binder from my, my notes in every session, binder. my lap times that I've printed out from, we're talking from way back, but my last year in like 2010, before I go to a racetrack, I'll look at my times and stuff just to see, I'm like, okay, what was I doing on a superbike? Then I know on a bagger, just, just to compare. It's right. interesting. I'll look at, right. I'll look at my notes. And so, man, of that many years ago, my superbike times, basically in some, at some tracks were basically the exact same as- Sheesh guys running now some lap rec- records have been broke and whatnot but but like laguna seca in 2010 i did 25s and Damn. you know scary. that's like that's not changed much from no. from the guys like i rode for dave anthony ozzy dave racing at laguna um those times are sort of like, not to say that guys aren't going faster which i think they are at most tracks but but for the technology that's changed the tires advancing everything i would just think they're not going that much quicker and part of that is when you talk to the guys um hayes you know i'm great friends with hayes he's he's just that guy's incredible you talk about a guy that can that can transfer that can break something down and give information you know and has gone from such a long career he's ridden the the dinosaur bikes compared to what's these days um, yeah even Gagne talking to him at the airport and stuff, electronics. It's like their whole thing now is figuring out how to race these bikes with the electronics they have. That's the hardest part about it Ugh. is dialing the electronics in. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, it is full on. They're, they're learning to be little engineers or read the data with these guys. I mean, it's like 
you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, of I, I cross yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they gotta be, they gotta be smart off the track. Now looking at all this computer stuff, you know, <laughs> right, right. It's not like it was when you race come in and be like, uh, it's, it's pushing a little bit here and they say, okay, let me do a couple clicks rebound here that. and there. And, 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 and there you go right now. It's let me plug yeah. the laptop in, let this other guy, yeah, do this yeah. computer and, it's even right. in MotoGP, you, you hear them like Jack Miller and, and Bender say, dude, turn that down electronics as much as they can. Stoner was famous for that too, right? Because they wanted right. to feel the raw motorcycle underneath them to truly understand the bike. I need to understand that. Dumb down all that electronic bullshit and let me just ride it. For real. And we can go from there, right? Um, yeah. 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 My, my Jitster has no electronics, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, man. I. I mean, I would. I've never ridden uh, the R1 yesterday. Bone stock one is probably the closest thing I've ridden to a modern day. Well, it was sport bike, and um, yeah. I mean, again, it's incredible what they do. But these riders have to be that much more. I, I, I feel for these riders in a way at that top notch. You know, be it Moto America or whatever it is that they're having to mentally do and dissect so much more than when he didn't have all that. Back then, it was just your suspension and your contact patch to the ground, and you felt what you felt, and you would say, "Here's what it's doing," with with some hand gestures and those right, mechanics. Right. Like, okay, what's well, this versus this? Or, you know, like, very little, different. Little, little sound effects. Yeah, I got to get the yeah. sound effects in there. Going, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but boys, we're, we we just hit the minute, uh, minute forty, minute. Wow. an hour forty mark. Uh, Hawk, I don't want to take too much of your time, man. Thank you so much for for coming through, brother, and and just having this conversation with us. Um, well, before we go, uh, Chris, is there anything would you like to say, man? Is there anything you like to get off your chesticles? Hawk, uh, I appreciate it. It's an honor. Like I kept telling you before, to have you on the podcast. Uh, one thing before we go, uh, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you to sign up for for your school and and all that good stuff. Me. I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, Chris. Um, uh, HawkMazataMotoCamp.com is the website. And or uh, social media, you know, HawkMazataMotoCamp on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and man, any any uh, interest there, I, I urge people to reach out to me. I mean, I truly do love teaching and um, reach out, you know, even if it's just a simple, I'm old school, a phone call. Is best that's or an right. email. <laughs> that's right. You get into sport, um, road racing, or or dirt track or motocross. What do you think the best bike is? My kid is this old, or like, you don't have to come take my camp to get information. I mean, that's what it, this sport is about. That's what it's it should be is just passing information on and knowledge to uh, you know get more enthusiasts and keep people safe. You know, um, so yeah, please, man. I I have people out from. You know, all over the place. We've got, uh, we've got a. I don't have accommodations at my my property. I would love to, but maybe someday. But we've we've got an awesome hotel that we work with direct down the road. It's actually a beautiful place. Um, so you can travel from anywhere. I've got uh, arrive and ride situations. I got bikes. I got gear. You just show up and ride. And um, looks like looks like I got to plan a trip. Yeah, really man, no problem. It was an honor. And man. hey, this this weekend, you know, keep an eye out, everyone. You know, tune in to Moto America. MotoAmericaLivePlus.com. I mean, that is, I think, such an awesome thing that they have. It's, yes. it's so cheap to subscribe, pay for it. You get to watch all the racing, practice, golf, 
That is so cool that Motor America does that. It is. Tune in. We'll be at Washington, the Ridge this weekend. I've never the been. Ridge. I'm excited. It's like beautiful track, um, technical, fast. And I'll be racing the Super Hooligan class. Um, oh, the Hooligans class? Yes, the Hooligans yeah. awesome class. That's sweet. And it's the Naked Bikes. It's, it it's is. great racing. I'll be racing the air-cooled class, which here, here's something that, that – I should explain a lot of people don't know because it, it really hasn't been put out there well enough within the hooligan class. There's a race within a race. Yep. So you have the super hooligan class and within that you have the air cooled class. Oh, so shit. it's two separate championships. So I'll be racing the Roland Sands Indian chief for Roland Sands designs, Lloyd's garage, um, leading that championship right now. So if you see Hawk Mazada, down in 10th 15th place i'm, I'm racing the air cool bike it's way slower boys i'm number one i'm <laughs> number one we'll, we'll be looking out so anyways tune in we're going to be trying to get uh two more wins under our belt this weekend and uh it'll be fun man absolutely yeah absolutely. so so excited to watch it man i'm so excited i love the ridge I love the Ridge. Definitely one of my favorite tracks to to watch. And hopefully I get to go next year. Yeah. Are you going to Jersey? Are you going to Laguna? Yeah, I'm going to Laguna, yeah. Heck yeah. Both of you? No, I'm going to – actually, I'm going to a British Superbike race in August at Codwell Park. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, but I will be in Moto America in New Jersey for the last MA round. Are you going to be there, Hawk? No, no, the boys pulled the plug on, on the rest of baggers, and we don't go there on the Super Hooligan, so I will not be at that. But hopefully we'll get to link up. Hey, uh, we will. I'm racing I'm racing um, Chicago Blackhawk for BRL on the bagger in just a few weeks. Nice. Okay. I'll try to, to make there. that for sure. One of these yeah. days, man. Uh, yeah, Jules, will get to meet you in person at Laguna at least, huh? Yes. Yeah. One of these days, huh? Well, uh, Hawk, absolutely we will, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Be, guys, fun if you're on the West Coast ever, you know, give me the heads up and come hang out and play in the dirt with me. I will. You got 100%. it. I'll take you up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're invited to so much shit. <laughs> we got. Yeah. We gotta make a. We gotta make a an American trip next year, Chris. Just we do. Save up a lot of money and just go to different places. That's right. Well, you guys always have an invite here. Come, come, uh, come and ride with me. It'd be fun. I- I appreciate it, and we will. Absolutely. Well, anyway, boys, that is our show. Facebook, YouTube, Podbean, and and anything out there where you hear our voice, please go ahead and subscribe. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, Any criticism is good criticism. We're we're, we're here. We're happy to hear it. Trying to figure out ways to to innovate and, and, and make this platform better and more accessible to everybody. So thank you so much who actually tune in, participate in, in the comments, the comments that are that are down below. We appreciate every single one of you guys. Guys, I am Cool Jules. That's Crystal Show, Simcoe, and the Cobra, Hawk Mazzotta. Thank you so much again, and we'll see you guys at the next episode. Watch Moto America this weekend. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hang on. Give me one second. I mean. I'll give you two seconds.